Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? We've been going through uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 to 10. And when Pastor Dan asked me to preach on this uh, passage of Scripture, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this sounds good. I'll have a read of it. And I read it and I thought, oh my goodness, what's he done to me? Yeah. Thank, give the band a hand. Thanks, everyone. Sorry. Come on, Mikey, hurry up. <laughs> uh, Pastor Dan gave me this passage of Scripture, and I had to read it, and I thought, oh, my God. I had to read it about five times, and I thought, this is going to be a bit challenging for me to, to uh, preach from because it's, if you just take it at face value, it kind of doesn't make sense. And I wouldn't normally refer to uh, the message version. If you get a chance afterwards, you, you, you could probably read through that. might help you a little bit uh, to understand a bit more. And it's just, it's really important here. And that's one of the reasons we came to this church, that we're rightly dividing the Word of God. So that's why I, I like to stick with traditional versions. New King James is my favourite. That's what I started with. And, and uh, I'm going to keep going with that particular version. So if I can get that first slide up. Who's doing the, is it Michelle? Thank you, Michelle. We'll go through this first. 1 John 3, verse 4 to 10. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. If you read that verse as a Christian, you're thinking, hang on, I've, I've seen him, but I sin. So we're going to unpack this. There's more to this, Michelle. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Everyone understand that clearly? <laughs> so you can see my challenge here. Yeah. Now, it, it's quite good because I've got the, uh, the Reverend uh, uh, Dr. Harrison over here overseeing my preach today and Bishop T.D. White, uh, who's... Uh, is here, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of sorry, and I'm glad that Dan's not here because I really feel the pressure when he's here. I'm scared I'm going to make a mistake and have him give me that look. Uh, but look, what we're going to understand when we're, we're looking at this passage of Scripture is the cultural context that it was written in at the time. And the church at the time was dealing with some competing interests uh, to do with Gnosticism or the Gnostic Gospels. And they were really uh, writing things and promoting agendas that were really contrary to the true Christianity of the day. They were actually quite, they were actually quite dangerous what they were promoting. And uh, I don't know that it's that different today. We've got so many competing interests for our faith. There's New Age. There's a whole bunch of self-proclaimed and self-appointed apostles and prophets out there uh, on, on YouTube and things like that that are promoting all these doctrines that are just... Uh, they're blasphemous and, and heretical, and I think it's quite, quite scary. So it's really important that we're, we're actually looking at what the Word says. 
And today I want to do this all through the lens of walking together in him. That's been the theme for our series this month. It's really important, uh, church, that we walk together in him. I'm really talking to our congregation today. Uh, I'm not so much, you know, to people who aren't Christians. You're still going to get something out of today if you're not a Christian. And I think the Bible's a great guide for anyone uh, who's looking for a, a, a good way to live your life. And if you keep reading it enough, eventually you're going to find the truth and, and I think you'd become a Christian if you're not already. All right, Lord, thank you for the word that we share today, Lord. Just help me to unpack this in a way that people would understand it, Father God. Just lead us, Lord, and uh, help us to apply the scripture to our life in a practical way, Father God, in Jesus' name. All righty. So in that passage, we've got a distinction between sin and lawlessness. So sin is basically defined as missing the mark, the same way as an archer draws back an arrow, he's trying to hit the bullseye, but he misses the mark. So the bullseye is the standard of Jesus, but sin is when we, we don't meet that standard. Uh, and lawlessness, that it talks about in that first um, passage, is the practice or habit of sin, or any thir- thought, word or action that is contrary to the character or uh, law of God. So, and I was racking my brain trying to work out how I can find an example to connect you to this passage. Because like I said, when I read that, uh, if, you're, if you call yourself a Christian today and you're born again or, or you're, you're a believer, it's telling you that if you sin, that, you, that you're committing lawlessness. Okay, so we need to just understand that. And probably the best, the only way I could think of uh, was this. And, and look, I've had some pretty challenging times with my health over the last 18 months. Um, I've, I've actually had some Ill, a string of illnesses for the last 65 days. I'm not going to go into that. Still suffering a little bit from that today, hence the, the green tea here. Uh, I got diagnosed with celiac disease 18 months ago. If you don't know what that is, basically I can't ingest any gluten at all. Okay, it's actually end up with stomach cancer and die and all sorts of issues and I definitely don't want that. One of the things that uh, I found out gluten was in was chocolate, which was quite devastating for me. Uh, so, you know, in a block of chocolate there's maybe 60 squares, okay, and you know, if you've been to the dietitian, they say, don't eat chocolate, you go, oh, I'll just have one square and I think we've, we've all been there, we've had that snack accident where uh, by, the end of, by the end of the half an hour, the whole block's gone, you know, you've sort of, oh no, I'll just leave two rows, but then you've just demolished the whole lot and then you're feeling bad. And that's kind of the picture of lawlessness. Does that sort of help you understand that a bit better? Um, now, now, with celiac disease, there are some products out there and, and, and this one who comes disguised as an angel of light finds these white chocolate-coated raspberries that are gluten-free and brings them home, and I'm back where I started, demolishing this, this chocolate. Now, we're still in the flesh. We still live in the flesh, okay? Even though we're Christians, we're still subject to the temptations of the flesh. One sin doesn't necessarily make you lawless or mean that you don't know or love God. If that was the case, we'd all be in trouble. Romans 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. 
the message version I'm going to refer to says, all who indulge in a sinful life. So it's not just that one act of sin, okay? I, you know, I don't know anyone who can go for even 10 minutes without sinning. Uh, I think it's impossible. And even if you think you can, uh, uh, you, you're actually getting into pride and that's another sin as well. So, yeah, <laughs> lawlessness is that continuation or practice of sinful behaviour without repentance or correction. Uh, in Christian circles, sometimes it's called carnal Christianity. Um, now, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says that I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. And behold, I have become a new man. Now, in light of that, one example that I want to use is our language. And look, I, I, I actually don't like hearing it at home. Uh, I, I don't even like hearing it on the TV. Sometimes it's hard to find something you watch that doesn't have foul language in it. Having said that, I'm sure that my children who are here today might point the finger and go, hang on, Dad. <laughs> I've heard, heard uh, one or two slip out of your mouth occasionally. And look, that's true. Occasionally, if I get frustrated, I might bang my thumb with a hammer or uh, get really, really frustrated and, and I'll let one slip. But it's not uh, an uncommon, it's, it's an uncommon thing. And the fruit of the Spirit is, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-discipline. We need to self-discipline ourselves. Um, if you want a couple of scripture references for your language, Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, no, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. Colossians 3 verse 8 says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. And the last one it says is filthy language out of your mouth. Now, I find it very interesting when I'm talking with somebody or I'm working with somebody and they find out I'm a Christian and suddenly they go, oh, sorry, mate. I'm like, well, I don't care. Like, you know, go ahead, mate, unless we're around kids or, you know, or if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian and you're talking like that, I've got a few questions for you. But, mate, you go for yourself. I've got, got a good friend, Kevin. If he wasn't swearing, I, I, wouldn't, I would think there was something wrong with him. Um, but he's a great guy, you know, I don't, I don't judge him on that. He doesn't call himself a Christian, so why should I be policing him on it? You know, there's certain, certain circ, uh, circumstances and places, obviously, that, you know, we're not going to use that sort of language, but, um, you know, we've got to discipline ourselves. You know, we're, we're, once we become justified, we receive Christ, okay? Uh, we're, we're made righteous through him, but we're also going through this process of sanctification, Okay, where we're becoming more Christ-like. And if you've been a Christian for 20 years and you're still swearing like a trooper, I think there's a time to ask, can I tell that Jesus is Lord of your life? And if you're challenged with something, gee, that's going to be... <laughs> nearly fell over there, I'm not drunk. Um, if you're challenged with something, uh, then, you know, it may be time for a battle. It might be time for you to take it on. Now, I love this. There's this uh, piece of scripture, not scripture, but literature that's hanging on the back of our toilet door. Michelle's always putting, ask the boys, there's scriptures on the walls, the doors in the back of the toilet. Um, and it, it says this, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become deeds. Watch your deeds, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become everything. Character. Uh, sorry, watch your... Um, Watch your habits, they become character. Character is everything. 
And I would add to that, for us, Christian character is everything. You know, why are we so challenged by sin? Romans 7 verse 15 to 20 says this. Got that slide up there for me, Michelle, number four. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. And if we go down to verse 19 towards the end, for the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do that, I will not to do. It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So what a hope is there. There's that constant struggle for us between our spirit and our flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, uh, if we can have that next slide up. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. And here's the key. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. We need to be led by the spirit in these things. It's, it's that constant battle, our flesh and our spirit, you know, and getting back to walking together in him. When we walk together, there's help for us to overcome our struggles. In Romans 8, verse 5 to 6, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want life and peace. Now, in a faith community, it's important that we're accountable one to another. Now, if I've got a challenge with something, I need to be able to talk to my pastors, my leaders, friends. Uh, it's so important in getting through this. We don't lose, want to lose anyone on the journey. We want to walk together. You know, we should, as a, as a community of believers, we should be open to receive correction. I've been called out. I didn't like it. I went at a pity party and got all cranky and sat in the corner. And then I realised I was wrong and I prayed about it and I got on with it. What are you going to do? You know, there's so many people that are having church. You know, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. There's so many benefits to being a part of a church. Accountability. There's a scripture I want to read about accountability. James chapter 5 verse 19. My brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Leaders are responsible for you. We, f we feel a sense of responsibility for you. Some of the men here have given me permission to call them out on things. And, uh, you know, if they're having a struggle or if I think, you know, hey, mate, you're getting a bit off track here, we'll catch up and we'll have a chat about it. And I think that's a very healthy thing. We're, we're, we're walking together. We're walking together through this journey. We can't walk it alone. Now, I just want to make a distinction here uh, for, about this whole sin and lawlessness issue. Now, if you just choose to keep sinning and ignoring it without any conviction or struggle or attempt to stop, I think that's lawless. And you're leading yourself down a very dangerous path. Remember Pastor Eric preached about what's the limits of grace. And his comment was, I don't want to be the one to find out. You know, who wants to be the one to find out what the limit of God's grace is? I don't know. Um, now, if you've got an ongoing battle with something, whether it's an addiction or a behaviour, and you're seeking to help to uh, fight it, I don't think that's lawlessness. There's, uh, there's, there's 
a lot of young men are getting addicted to gambling. Sports bet, it's on your phone. You know, I know one young guy, he's got two phones and he's got them both open and he's working and trying to place bets while he's working. You know, alcohol. alcohol. You know, alcohol's another hard one to see. Sometimes people hide it really well. They've got bottles hidden all over the place and it doesn't really show in their actions. They, they start their day already um, heavily intoxicated so it just continues on throughout the day. And they're having a battle. They're having a struggle, regardless of what it is. You know, whether it's anger, violence or drugs, whatever. You know, but in that, when I say that, okay, if you're having a battle, keep walking with us. Okay, there's, there's people who pray for you, there's sozo groups, there's all these things that you can access to keep you, help you through this walk. But be very careful not to use it as an excuse to keep doing it. Okay, because it's just one more time. You know, I'll just go on, delete my history or something and no one's ever going to see it. You know, one more bet. There goes the rent money, but I'll win it back. All those things. 1 Peter 2 verse 15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. Not using the freedom, the grace that we have to cover our sin and go, it's all right, God's going to forgive me. Okay, it's grace. We, we need to be facing up to the things um, that are challenges, challenging us. Romans 6 verse 23 says the wages of sin is death. Okay, and that's what, what we need to um, save a sinner wandering, save his soul from death. Verse 6, uh, in 1 John 3 verse 6 says, whoever abides in him does not sin. When we have a relationship with Christ, we should feel conviction if we're sinning. If you're not feeling conviction for the things that you're doing wrong, then, um, you know, we need to walk together and have some, some talks about that. But for me, the more we pursue Christ, the less opportunity there is for the flesh. How do we abide in him, as it says in that scripture? Okay, so for me, it's the basics. Just do the basics. Prayer. Get your prayer life sorted. You don't have to... Get on your knees and shout out to God for three hours every day. Just start your day with a prayer. Finish your day with a prayer. When the challenge comes, when the battle comes, just start praying. Reading the Word. Again, you don't have to read a whole book of the Bible. Just start your day with your scripture and finish your day with a scripture. Okay? That's an easy way to do it. Um, and fellowship with other believers. Again, just walking together in Him. And I know those things can sometimes... In the busyness of life, it's easier said than done. I struggle to do them and I sometimes have to force myself, but I know how important it is to keep my walk on track. Now, on that, on that note about fellowship, I hear the ladies had a gathering the other night at one of the local restaurants and I believe it was uh, quite a fabulous night. The ladies, they're just, they're just killing us. They're doing so well. Guys, we've been talking about it for ages. We've got to get together. We'll have to organise something soon. But what I heard was... Somebody left the restaurant and forgot to pay. Oh, terrible. Now, this is an opportunity, and I've seen people do this, but this is an opportunity to go, oh, that's a blessing. Hallelujah, we've got a free meal. No, 
no. So I had to ring the restaurant. <laughs> and I rang a couple of times. I didn't get an answer. They got a mobile phone. So I sent them a text message. I said, my wife Michelle was there tonight. She ordered this and that. She got so busy talking to everyone, she, <coughs> she forgot to pay. Blame Sharon. It's Sharon's fault. Okay. Now, they, they responded and they said, they said, they probably said four or five times during this interaction how much they appreciated the honesty. And one of the things I thought about was, I don't know, I don't know who made the booking, but imagine if it was made in C3 Church. Oh, there's people from C3 Church. They come and have a free feed and leave without paying. If you're a small business owner, uh, what have you been in business? 50 bucks. If you're losing 50 bucks a day from people doing a dine and dash, that can make a huge difference over a year. Okay? She forgot. She legitimately forgot. There's a bit of a mix-up in the payment, but... And I don't think it's a sin to forget, but once you're aware of it, it's what you do from that point. Okay? That's the outworking of our righteousness. The last point, I know I've been giving you a bit of a caning on this sin stuff, and I, hate, I don't, really don't like preaching about it. I'd love to just tell you how much Jesus loves you, but, you know, he, he does love you, okay? He loves you just the way you are, but too much to let you stay that way, okay? He's sanctifying us for the day of redemption. Uh, Bible Dictionary has got uh, slide nine. Can I get slide nine up there, Michelle? Evangelical repentance consists of, one, a true sense of one's own guilt and sinfulness. Okay, that was part of my journey, just realising how lost and broken I was. Number two, an apprehension of God's mercy in Christ. And I think these lead from one into the other. Because once you get that realisation of your own guilt and sinfulness, that's when you start to realise, oh, how much I need this mercy in Christ. Number three is an actual hatred of sin and turning uh, from it to God, okay? We just, we just need to completely push away from that. And fourth is about walking together in him, a persistent endeavour after a holy life in a walking with God in the way of his commandments. You know, for, for me, regular repentance helps us keep on track. Some people believe you only need to repent once and you're justified, okay? You're cleansed of all your sin. I, I don't really follow that uh, we had a guy there's a, a guy in the marriage course and uh, they were having some troubles in their marriage because he never said I love you okay and his statement was well when we got married I told her I love her and if anything else changes I'll let her know <laughs> what any wonder you're here bro like what's going on okay and I think it's the same with repentance. You say, uh, sorry, God, but I'm just going to keep doing all these things that are contrary to your word and your character and not, not actually change anything. Okay? The, ves- the message version says, uh, verse 6, No one who lives deeply in Christ makes a practice of sin. None of those who practice sin have taken a good look at Christ. They've got him all backwards. Next, next verse, if I can have uh, verse 7 to 9 up there, Michelle. How are we going? I'm not, not beating you up too much today. Okay, I'm going to hand out some uh, Panadol as you leave. <laughs> Kurt's been beating me up. 
Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. That's someone ringing telling me to get off. Has it never had enough? <laughs> now, if you read the scripture, uh, just it, where it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. It kind of you, th- you look at that and you think that doesn't really make sense to me because I've I've been born of God, but I still sin because my flesh I've still got that flesh nature I'm still tempted by the flesh. Now, what I, what I want to make out of this point is that what we have to be careful of in this situation, where it says he who practices righteous is righteous. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you might ask, how is this possible? Am I even saved? Yes, you're still saved. you just got that constant battle like I talked about in Galatians, the flesh versus the spirit, because they're contrary to one another. But what happens is, what I've seen happen over time, and, and I'm sure um, some of our, our founders and leaders would have seen this, people start to deconstruct their faith to accommodate their sin. Okay, and they'll look for things and scriptures to try and justify what they're doing. And it's a very slippery slope and it generally leads one day and that's one way and that's out of the, out of the church. Now, how do we practice righteousness? So I'm not talking about being pious, running around, looking down at the heathen as I am better than them. Okay, you know, those who don't believe, like I've got some false pretense that I am somehow better than this person because I believe. I don't believe that for a minute. What I believe is that I don't believe I'm better, I just believe I'm better off. I'm better off in this life and I'm better off in the next, okay? And my thing is that I want to bring people into that so people can see uh, more of God's mercy and grace. James 1 verse 22 says, don't listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Uh, Pastor Denzel uh, preached from this scripture, I think, last week. For if you listen... Uh, sorry, don't listen to God. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I think that's a, a bit of a scripture for Sunday Christians. Um, people who come to church and they're, they're holier than thou on Sunday and the rest of the week they're just, uh, you know, living their lives however they want, not taking any of this in account. We're doing this journey together. If we're going to practice righteousness, I, I guess we need to know what it, is, what it is. I like this definition. The fruit or result of righteousness is the outgrowth of righteousness in the heart. A truly righteous person will display certain actions and attitudes that confirm the nature 
of their heart, honesty, kindness, meekness, goodness and love. Galatians 5 verse 22. They're my four, four favourite books in the Bibles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians and Colossians. They speak so much about character and our walk with God. Galatians 5 verse 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering and self-control, what we talked about earlier. Is righteousness in how we act? I think it is. Are we patient? Are we kind? Are we quick to forgive? As a, as a Christian married couple, do we tw- treat each other with honour and respect? I'd love for people to see how well the uh, members of C3 Church treat each other as couples, you know, and respect our, our, our women and men in general. You know, your relationship as a husband and wife is also a great testimony of your faith in Christ. Righteousness, I believe, is revealed in all these aspects of our lives. Romans 2 verse 12 to 13 says, All who sin apart from the law and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Those who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. We need to obey those things as well. You see, in, in the book of Acts, that's when they were in Antioch, that's when they first became known as Christians, okay, followers of the way, the way of Jesus. If you add that suffix I-A-N on the end of a word, it means of. So Christian means of Christ. Australian means of Australis or Australia. So if you're saying you're a Christian, you're saying literally, I am of Christ. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, He who says he abides in him, ought also himself all to walk as... Okay, start again. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Okay? We need to be trying, we need to be following that sanctification process, walking together in him and trying to learn how to walk as he walked. Um, This is our sanctification process. We've been justified through Christ and now we're being sanctified, which means we're becoming more Christ-like. Pastor Chris White spoke ages ago, and I haven't forgotten it, talking about salvation. And and in uh, John 11, verse 43, where Lazarus is raised from the dead, and uh, they say, Jesus says, loose that man and let him go. And we're talking about, you know, with salvation, sometimes um, people get saved and they stop swearing, they stop smoking, they become a really good person, they, everything is just gone straight away. And, and that's just a fantastic thing to see. I had a mate who stuttered, had a severe stutter, and uh, he got saved and he never stuttered again. It's been over 20 years. Just a miracle. I love to see that. But then there's other person, and Chris was sharing how, you know, when they, they brought Lazarus from the dead, he would have had all his grave cloths on, all his bandages and these things they bandaged them up in. And, and the process of loosing him was undoing these cloths, unwinding these grave cloths, okay? And sometimes that's the process for people of, of losing uh, all those things that they've, they've had before they became Christians. I think that's just a, a great example. You know, whether it's addictions uh, or smoking, whatever it is, sometimes people just have challenges that they find really, really difficult to get over. And, and when they go through challenges, 
sometimes those things resurface. They rear their ugly heads again and they go back down the same path. You know, but again, as I said, walking together in him. You know, walk together with somebody. Get connected into your sozo groups. Find a mentor, okay? Do some counselling if you need to. Um, that, that's, that's what we do as a faith community, as a church. Verse 9 to 10, can I get that up, Michelle? I know I've skipped a few slides here, but that's okay. Next one, verse 9 to 10, last one. That's it. Thank you. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. I remember a story about... uh, this ship was out on a cruise and they went past what they thought was an uninhabited island and they saw some smoke coming up and they thought, oh, what's, what's going on over there? And they worked out it was an SOS signal. So they sent a crew out to investigate what's going on here and uh, the crew got on the shore and they find this guy, looks like Tom Hanks in Castaway. You know, he's got the long beard and the long hair and the tattered clothes and it turns out he's, he's been on the island for 10 years. He's... His, um, his plane crashed and he you know, survived the crash and then he's managed to survive on this island for all this time. And as they're talking to him, they notice there's three buildings in the background. And uh, they go, oh, wow, yeah, are you the only one here? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, what's the three buildings? And I said, well, the one in the middle, that's my house. And they go, oh, that's awesome. And he goes, well, what's the one on the right? Oh, that's my church. And they go, oh, okay. So there's a third one on the left. What's that? And he goes, oh, that's the church I used to go to. Okay. Now, I, I tell that in jest, but this is, this is about walking together in him. And I want to make this point. You know, you could be by yourself or not. I think you'd still find fault with things. That's just the way it is. Okay. If we're going to walk together, we should be doing this. What we should be doing is looking at the scriptures around walking in love forgiveness because at the end of this passage we see that God is talking about loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. How will they know you are my disciples? John 13 verse 35 says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay, I hope we've got love for one another church. You know loving one another is not about the big smile the high five, the hug, the coffee before church, chatting with someone, that stuff's great, okay? But for me, it's about seeing the example of our leaders and founders who over four decades and in spite of disagreements over the years, having different opinions and positions on different issues, seeing them argue, get annoyed with each other, but still forgive, love and continue to walk forward together Why? For the cause of Christ. There's a bigger picture. None of the churches that Michelle and I were in before we came to C3 exist anymore. Nothing to do with us, I hope, but... (laughs) (laughs) They they just don't exist because they weren't able to survive those things that that our our leaders have survived. Four four decades of of, um, being in a a church together, that's an absolute... Can we give them a hand? What a tremendous, tremendous thing. <laughs> Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
it's such a beautiful thing to see. Pastor Dan's talked a few times about social media. I think he's got a very love-hate relationship with it. Uh, I, no, I won't, I won't talk about that. I won't go there. <laughs> now, I have to admit, you know, he's talked about blocking people and unfollowing and all that. And I have to admit, I'm guilty of, of that. My situation is a little bit different. I've been dealing with quite a bit of stuff over the last couple of years. And so it's been more about protecting myself rather than being angry with that person and just, just trying to avoid conflict. Uh, it's not really healthy for me. It hasn't been healthy for me for a little while. But So it's been more about that rather than just, <laughs> I disagree with them. I'm cutting off. Bang, that's it. And you know, during the pandemic, uh, there were and still are arguments and different opinions. Okay, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, Pastor Denzel said last week, can you love someone who has a different political opinion? Okay, unless they're a Greens voter, then you might not, I don't know. <laughs> no one's walking out yet, okay. Um, now, division isn't a new thing. Oh, the world's never been more divided. Really? Let's look over the last 10 years. The marriage vote, the American elections, you know, there's been all these things where Christians have been divided. And I think there's, there's going to be more to come. And that's why it's even more important that we walk together in him. You see, there's moments where we have the choice, and sometimes it's very challenging. The choice to go with the flesh, become angry, bitter, vengeful, demand my own way, or be patient, kind, and gracious. Now, church, I just, I've got to say this. I think we need to stop looking sideways at each other when it comes to certain things. If we need to avoid certain subjects, then let's just do that. We're here to celebrate Jesus today. If we can't have a civil discussion, then just leave it alone. How about we debate scripture? I'm pretty sure Pastor Dan and myself would rather have a discussion about scripture than a whole bunch of other things which seem to be fruitless and just have no end. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with, with a, a, a little demonstration of how important it is that we walk together. There's a famous battle in, the, in um, the Roman era called the Battle of the Tudorborg Forest. And uh, the Roman army had just were conquering the world. They were very prideful and very arrogant. They thought they could just do whatever they wanted. So they decided they were going to march into Germania, take on my ancestors. Bad move. Uh, and Hannah, our ancestors, fought together. Uh, but what happened was the Germanic tribes went, we're not having this, because if they come in, that's going to be the end. So they got together all these little tribes, not organised like the Roman army and resourced with their shields and stuff. They just had pelts and, you know, bones and all sorts of stuff for weapons. Um, so what they did was they planned and they led the Roman army, a legion of Romans of about 20,000 through the forest. And the Germans know their forests very well. They love to go through the forest and, uh, and have a, a beer and a bratwurst at the end. Uh, but what, by doing that, what they did was the Roman army had to go from marching in blocks of 10 down to two abreast. And so they formed a long, long line through this forest. And as they started to get through the forest, they started chopping these trees down and split them into two. This lot didn't know where to go and this lot retreated. So this lot got annihilated and they went back and, f and set up a fortified camp. Day two, they were angry because they'd been beaten. The Roman army were undefeated at this stage. 
They came into the forest, got annihilated again, went back, built a fortified camp. Day three, came in arrogantly and pridefully, okay, starting to form a habit, got flogged again, back to set up their fortified camp. And the Germanic tribes had worked out what their habits were. So what they did was they sent a group over to where they set up the fortified camps. So on day four, the, the Romans marched in, they got hammered, they tried to run back to their fortified camp. Okay, you know that fortified camp we can sometimes build for ourselves. But the, the, the tribes were waiting and they annihilated them. There was a couple of hundred Roman soldiers left. In four days they'd annihilated almost 20,000 Roman soldiers. Varus, the leader of the army, fell on his sword. He couldn't take the shame of what had happened. And, you know, we just got to be so careful about our habits. We've got to be so careful about not allowing things that are superfluous to the church and really superfluous in many ways to the the main cause of walking together in Christ. You know, we have to put those things aside sometimes, not just be arrogantly marched through demanding our own way, okay? You know, can, can you imagine if we just put a lot of that energy into evangelism? Man, it would just be so awesome. Yeah, church, what, what we need to do is examine ourselves daily to see whether we're in the faith. It's probably the biggest thing I can, I can give you today. The final scripture I'm going to finish with is in Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're here today and you have never had a relationship with Christ, you don't understand what that means, there's something maybe going on with you, you're feeling a bit funny um, and you want to know more, Maybe you've turned away. Maybe you've let go of things or maybe you just realised that maybe I need to change something. We're going to be up here at the end of the service, myself and a few of the other leaders. We'd love you to, to come and have a chat to us about that and what maybe the next step is for you. We've got some free Bibles as well that we'd love to give you and help you on your journey. Church, I hope that what I've shared today has been good. Let's continue to walk together, forgive each other, love each other, and and connect with each other, our sozo groups, all those things. Lord, I just thank you today, Father God, for the word that I've shared, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in all the lives that are represented here today, Lord. I thank you that people walk out changed today, Lord, that they don't just look in the mirror and see who they are, were and walk away and forget it, Lord, but they carry it through this week, Lord. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.